Happy International Women's Day. That's right, I'm back for another episode of Champagne. Now, my next guest was actually mentioned in Tiffany Cromwell's podcast, and she is really quite the special person. I was super excited to be able to catch up with her in London. It's the one and only Emma Wade of Bespoke M. Now, I was quite excited to catch up with Ems, so I'm sorry about my tone, but um, we had a casual chat about what she's been working on and how she's been making improvements for female athletes. Enjoy. I'm here with the very fantastic superwoman behind a lot of super athletes, Emma Wade of Bespoke M. Thank you for coming on Champagne, Thank you very much for having me. So, Emma, Mrs. Superwoman. I don't know about that. <laughs> not sure I'm comfortable with that, uh, with that name. But you are essentially the backbone behind a lot of athletes. And I want to know how you first got into it. Um, I think that, first of all, I don't think I'm the backbone. I think I am, I am a part of a group of people that support these amazing people to go and do what they do. And I think it's really important that... You know, top sports people—they they have a whole, a whole team behind them. Whatever whatever sport it is that they're in, even if it looks like they're doing it solo, you know, inevitably to get to that point, you have other people. And you know, as your podcast is quite rightly pointing out, there are always other people behind the scenes doing a job, whether it be another half, a parent, a you know, or whether it be a, a manager and, a, and an agent and yeah, physio, nutritionist, coaches, etc. So I'm like one very small part of that. Um, I'd, I'd say you're a really essential part. Because, like you mentioned, there is a lot of people who have different roles that support their athlete. But if it wasn't for you, especially in female cycling recently, because honestly you have brought a lot of female cyclists to the forefront and you've generated income for them that wasn't necessarily around years ago. And I feel that you're spearheading quite a fantastic campaign in getting females athletes especially cyclists what they really deserve so how are you going about that yeah it's great to have been a part of it to be honest i think women's cycling has changed it's evolved so much over over the years i've actually worked with um Lizzie Diagnum for nearly 10 years now and the, the change in the sport, the difference between when I first started working with her to now is huge and in no small part actually to, to her and, and what she's achieved um, but to be able to be a part of that and in the background of that and, and to help drive that behind the scenes has been an honour really um, and I, I set up Bespoke M just over three years ago now, yep. went out on my own, set up my own agency and I don't think really, the, the intention was never to be this kind of woman agency and and to, to you know work specifically with women but I think you know when you start with clients like Lizzie uh, Eleanor Barker um, Becca Charlton you know inevitably that's where you that's the kind of direction that you take because you end up with people wanting to work with women and and that developing and then you work with other women and it just snowballs but in a really positive way and it's been fantastic to be able to be a part of that and work with um, the organizations that are supporting women's cycling sponsors and, and organizations like the Cyclist Alliance um, who are making and driving change for the sport and have made it 
more professional. You know, next year we're having a, a professional women's world tour. Um, and for the first time, every world tour event will be televised or streamed in some way. So that the access, I know, yeah, the, the access to the sport, you can watch the racing without having to, you know, spend half an hour going down a route and on Twitter trying to find a link to yeah. some random website. You know, illegal yes. website, probably. Yeah. Um, you know, there will actually be live streaming, which is fantastic, um, through to women having rights that they've never had before in cycling so yeah. you know the professional world tour riders will have maternity clauses in their this contract is what I which to is huge base with you about because yeah. obviously um athletes if they break a leg and out for a medical reason they don't get paid so the argument is is being pregnant medical or is it a life choice you know what i mean for females because at the end of the day men can't have babies but women have that choice so if you're a female athlete you really need maternity. It's an important, integral part. Yeah, it's a complex issue, isn't it? I think um, it, it's. Uh, I think it's really important that um, we look at making sure that the the sport as a whole is supported. So. While it would be absolutely wonderful that there were endless funds in the sport that meant that uh, everybody could, you know, be fully financially supported, whether they broke their leg, had a baby or, or decided that they didn't want to ride for whatever reason for any period of time. And sadly, that isn't always possible or the case. But I think it's about being fair and I think it's about looking at women as a whole and understanding that there are more there's more to um, what a person can bring to the sport than necessarily just riding a bike and I think actually what teams have been looking at is okay well if that person is pregnant and therefore they're not going to they're not going to race realistically safety reasons you're not going to then carry on racing once you're pregnant and that's probably the difference in sport that you wouldn't have in a normal office environment if you're pregnant you can still work basically up until the you know, day you give birth or yeah. what have you. Whereas you can't carry on racing at the highest level when you're pregnant, realistically, safe and everything else. So what else can that person add instead? Is there any other way that they can add something to the sport, whether that be from a marketing perspective or whether that be working within the team or, you know, I think... Sponsorship, everything. Absolutely. I think there's other ways that they can add something. Um, but, yeah, at its very basic level, um, uh, you know, there is now a sort of basic maternity clause that says if... Uh, a woman who's racing for a world tour team becomes pregnant while being a part of that team they they can have some basic maternity pay um, to, to back up you know while they go and have a baby with a view to you know hopefully coming back if they want to um, so I think it is fantastic and I think it's actually not dissimilar to the clauses that are, that are in there for both men and women that yeah. if they do get injured there is a level of support you're not just yeah. thrown out on your on your oh for you Jim well he's he's been plagued with injuries so we know these clauses very well yeah. and if he is out for a, in each contract's different his sponsorship contracts are different to his team different yeah. to the manufacturer and each one states different support levels so you could be out for a full year and still be paid in some contracts or you could miss three races and then if you miss a fourth that's when it's stops yeah it is really that's the best thing about sports sometimes is you can really negotiate a bespoke contract which yeah. is to that athlete as long as you're a good negotiator like <laughs> you <laughs> well yeah it helps no I, I i think it's yeah i i think it is really um i think it's really interesting as well about what you said in the beginning about maternity in terms of having that 
having that choice. What we don't want is women not to go into professional sport because they're scared of not having a family if they go into professional sport. And I think we're gradually making a change. You know, we've seen a lot of it, not just in cycling, but in a lot of sports now. Um, professional women going out there, professional sports women going out there and having children and then coming back and still achieving at the highest level. And also, yeah, absolutely. Lizzie is a perfect example of that. Um, and, you know, and, and also sponsors sort of standing by them and saying that yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to drop you immediately just because you're pregnant. Yeah, no, because at the end of the day they could do a lot of work for them, like you said, in the background. It's not like you get pregnant and you disappear off the scene. There is a lot. Sport in general, it's not just the actual active part of doing the sport. There are so many different disciplines within the sport that you have to balance. Like, for speaking with us for example Eugene could probably do a lot more on his social media and do a lot more with his appearances and all the rest of it but he solely wants to focus on racing whereas there's riders that make an earning solely from being a character and all the rest of it and get mediocre um, results for the team so it just really depends on what the teams are looking for what the sponsors are looking for I mean nine times out of the ten they want the winner and if they can't afford the winner then they'll get someone for the sponsors to be happy with and you know it's it's all picking and choosing and finding all that i think there's there's you're absolutely right there's so much more to uh, sports people now than than just winning the race or just being the fastest person um, you know, the, the, there's a whole there's a whole package, and it's about being able to offer something else. At the end of the day, sport is a business, yeah. so um, it's about entertainment, it's about engaging audiences. So whether that is literally watching the racing, or whether that's outside of that through social media, through you know billboards and, and events and so on. Yeah. Um, so some people might be absolutely brilliant at winning races but put them in front of a crowd of people and they and they freeze, they freeze. Yeah. or put them in, put a camera in their face and they they panic or yeah. ask them to run a, an instagram account and they have literally no, no idea. idea or care <laughs> whereas you've got others who absolutely nail it i mean tiffany cromwell we've talked about before you know she she's absolutely brilliant on social media oh, she's a social media queen absolute I, social media queen yeah, you know she's got it nailed like so perfectly and her sponsors love her for it yeah. because she's out there showing her brand their brands in yeah. the way that they want to be shown yeah um, she's a good bike racer too yes. um, but you know she just elevates that by being um, such a, a kind of sponsor's dream she's a more well-rounded full package then so that makes it good for you when you have athletes on your on your books that you can present and say well she's gonna win your races but she's not great at Instagram or she's gonna get you really good you said results. that not me <laughs> I'm not saying that anyone specifically or you have a girl that she's gonna get you really good results and she's gonna be a real good team player and she's got an Instagram account and she's great in front of TV cameras and then you've got so it just totally depends on and do you find juggling that sometimes when you're speaking to teams and sponsors do you, do you really have to know your athlete to then match them to a perfect situation? Yeah, definitely. That's what I enjoy probably most out of the whole, you know, what I do, in that I enjoy working out. I love, well, I, you know, getting to know your athletes and understanding what they are about, what they want, where they see themselves and how they want to be perceived by the world uh, versus the, 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 the sponsor or the event organiser that you're working with or 
the brand that you're working with and what they want to achieve and then kind of mixing the two and when you see this perfect mix come together that's that's like success oh, yeah. you know you a real buzz from that, real buzz from yeah. that. when the athlete's happy and the brand's happy and everyone's achieved something and you think that's what it's all about yeah and and to do that i really believe you have to be honest mm -hmm. so there's no point if some if a brand comes to me and says you know we've got so and so in mind and we want to do this this and this with them it's being honest enough to turn around and say you know what they're not the best person for that mm -hmm. you could do that with them but realistically speak to this person who I know is absolutely brilliant at giving corporate speeches and they your audience will love them yeah. and they might not be the most famous person in the world but actually they'll be brilliant for that audience and exactly. when they trust you and they do that and it works well it's it is a wonderful feeling yeah and it's just growing and growing and growing yeah. and your clientele's growing yeah. have you had to turn any away yet yeah i it's uh it's probably the hardest part of the job yeah. because i want to work with everyone i want to help everyone i want to do everything but um it was the piece of advice i was given when i first started and it's one that stuck with me which is that you know you can't do everything yeah. and um so yeah i'm in the lovely position of, of you've reached your cap yeah. yeah yeah i think so yeah <laughs> don't quote me on that but yeah um no pretty much um I, I think it was always really important that it was a bespoke service and that it is about the individuals and i don't think you can do that if you have an exceptionally long client list i just yeah. don't think you can you want to be able to give the same person and the same level of like Work, support, support to yeah. every single one without having your favorites, without having this, without having that, because it is difficult for a lot of agents. Like we, Eugene, as always, is sort of tried to do things himself because he sees when other managers manage the same riders in the same discipline, and there's that. You know, you feel like a chess piece on a chessboard as an athlete, whereas if, like you said, you have a cap on people and you know them individually, you know their strengths, you know their weaknesses, and you're able to deliver not only contracts, but sponsorship and all sorts of variety of packages to them. So, you are a superwoman. <laughs> you are! <laughs> Do you cycle yourself? Uh, slowly. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I love it, but... It makes me laugh when, when people ask me because it, it, it's like, you know, in their mind they've got, you know, Lizzie or Tiff or something and it's and, and so they're asking me, I'm like, no, not not, not like them. They're like asking you to join in the ride. I get asked if I ride a motorbike. This is terrible. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't race a motorbike. I'm actually going to, I keep on saying this every year, but I will get my license and I'm going to be getting my bike license. And I might try off-road. Nice. And I might try, you know, a bit of everything. Have you, have you gone out on the back? with Eugene? No, I have been out around be a track. I've done a pillion ride, but with Leon Haslam okay. at Donington Park at the Haslam Track Day. Terrifying. Yeah, I didn't last the out lap. Oh. I'm not joking. I had Eugene's leathers on, I had his boots and everything, so they were all a bit big. And Leon Haslam was like, oh, I'll just go slow, we'll just do an out lap. I couldn't hold on. Yeah, that's slow for him. Yeah. Like, and he wasn't even tipping in, and he was like, I haven't even got my knee down yet. And I, was, <laughs> I was kicking him going, I don't want to do this. I just felt so unsafe and yeah. I just it, it is it's hard for me to realize how fast my husband goes sometimes but you don't want to think about it really no it's a lot easier for me though to do a motorbike because I don't have to have the physical fitness do you know what I mean yeah it's easy for well, me I don't know I think you have to have quite a lot of strength and fitness to, to, to ride definitely yeah. to ride long time but to enjoy it I don't think you do yeah. and 
like when I mentioned uh, in my previous podcast with Rebecca, Tiffany taking me around Tel Aviv on a bicycle. <laughs> Honestly, I was, I was, I thought I'm not going to last two seconds on this, and it was fine because you didn't need too much physical fitness to be able to enjoy riding around the city. But if you want to get more serious and get on like more of a racer bike and you know stick with a peloton or whatever or a group ride, you do probably have to build up to that and don't just yeah. like go out. No, yeah. no, I'm definitely on the on the side of yeah, just leisure riding. Yeah. So whenever there's a big ride and they have all your clients out there and everything and they're going, come on in. Yeah. It's like I'll be I'm the good. Car. Yeah, it's really important that I'm in the car or yes. that I meet them at the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have, I have ridden with clients before, but you just have to kind of hang on, really. Yeah. yeah. No, or I do, anyway. Yeah. And so, best book M, is there anything in the future? Are you going to branch out to different sports, or you are just focusing on the ones that you've got now? Yeah, I think, like I said, it wasn't really necessarily the aim at the beginning, but, it, but it's become very much where I have found my niche. I love cycling. I lo- I've always loved cycling. I love it personally, but I love following it and, you know, now being involved in it and... So yeah, it's a natural place to, to sit really and um, certainly, you know, while it continues to be so popular and successful, then I will yeah. continue to work in it, hopefully. That's fantastic. And I just want to rewind one second, sorry. When you were working before, did you work in a variety of sports and then you liked cycling or did you...? Yep, I've worked in other sports. So I, well, before Bespoke M, I was at um, another agency called MTC, which was is a, a bigger Olympic agency. Okay. Um, so I worked with lots of different Olympic, Olympic sports, basically, lots wow. of different uh, athletes across different sports. Yeah. And I've also worked in cricket. Oh, wow. Cricket is my other passion. Really? Lots of similarities between cricket and cycling, I think. Eugene played cricket for the very first time at Goodwood uh, Revival. Oh, did he? Yes. Very nice. Did he enjoy it? Is he it a new venture for him? didn't have a clue what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> That's what most people say about cricket. Yeah. But then I think it's like it's like cycling. Once you understand it and the tactics around it and, the, and the, all the things that matter to the game and the sport then actually you get a lot more enjoyment out of it so that, I think they're similar in that way yeah and I definitely enjoy drinking pims at the side of the cricket well then you'd the love cricket yeah, yeah it's, it's perfect lords next year it is exactly why not absolutely <laughs> <laughs> alright well thanks Em thanks for taking the time thanks for having me and all the best thanks you too